Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along. Friday episode. Slightly later because we've been working on um, another episode that's going to be coming out this Sunday, I think. It's our second Humans of Honour. And mm. the uh, subject is none other than uh, one half of the majestic 1980s group, the Style Council. It's not Paul Weller. It's the other one. It's Mick Talbot. And we interviewed him Be- Better earlier. than getting Weller. I'm not sure Weller oh, would be yeah, a human of, of honour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's just kind of like obvious, really, isn't it, in that kind of category? Yeah, that doesn't... If you're too obvious, you don't get to be a human of honour. Yeah. Plus, I think that Weller, uh, although he's, you know, obviously done some tremendous stuff, he can be a bit aggressive, I think. Um, yeah. And Mick was not aggressive in the least was he? he was a gentle man we like gentle humans Sam Hay <laughs> Mick Talbot <laughs> it's kind of we're, we regard ourselves as gentlemen mm. and to to spread that out and not you know be sexist we prefer gentle humans gentle humans, gentle humans. Or, or in I mean I regard myself as a gentle cunt gentle cunt <laughs> because I'm a cunt. I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm not, but I try to be mm. a gentle cunt. Mm. Mm? Yeah, I'd go with that, yeah. A cunt I'd, in I'd... velvet underpants, you might say. Very much so. Wow. <laughs> now, what kind of image that is? I might, have to, uh, I might even have to edit that out. I'm not sure. There's yeah, podcasting guidelines that, that yeah, might fall outside iTunes of. Is standards. Yeah. Well, it certainly won't be given the episode title. That, anyway. <laughs> Uh, can I start with an email, Sam? Yeah. Can I? Can I start with an email? Do it. This is a one from. It's a burner email name. It's. Uh, he describes himself as head teacher, head teacher cunter, and he says uh, in July 2019 because he's working his way through the old episodes. He's just discovered us. July 2019, Andy made a request for any stories from former topics, which made me want to share a few highlights of my dad's strange behaviour. And of course, that was an, an old topic of ours, wasn't it? Fantastic mm. dad stories. It's still open. Still send them in if you've got any. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is yeah. magnificent from Head Teacher Cunter. Like Sam, he says, I had a weekend dad whom I would meet <laughs> every weekend for a guilt ridden McDonald's or a trip to <laughs> South End for some quality coining. <laughs> so far, so familiar. Brilliant. It says, one of his strange quirks was his total reluctance to pay anyone for a job, which, and I quote, I can fucking do that. So he refused to lash out any money. He'd do it all himself. This led to, number one, attempting to change the starter motor on his post-breakup shit van, only (laughs) to return the next day to find the entire engine on the floor. He looked at me and simply said, well, the van's fucked, and he never returned to it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Excellent dad content Number two Fixing the electric windows on his next car Which led to the side of the car catching fire On Tower Bridge 
We pulled over in stony silence. He grabbed his window cleaning gear from the back and said, fuck it, we'll walk the rest of the way. <laughs> we lived in East London and never saw the car again. I like that. He just left a car, abandoned it on Tower Bridge. Great stuff. <laughs> Number three, installing a shower in his bathroom, which only delivered ice cold water. His take on this was perfect for summer. <laughs> he never used it. <laughs> he says uh, he was a complete madman, and I have plenty of other stories about him. My own complete mad. My own straight man experiences and stories from my life as a head teacher for what he describes as daft kids. Hence the burner email. <laughs> <laughs> he says oh my god he says if you read this out and like it or we like it we do uh, I'll send more if you rip yeah, we pieces did. We then TDFN focus no no this is glorious he says I'll get to this in about two months okay well, whatever whenever you're ready yeah. mate send it in so there you go uh, head uh, teacher cunter head teacher cunter thanks for that uh, I love it that he says he was a complete madman because ultimately <laughs> that's the destiny of all us dads yeah isn't it yeah. Ultimately, that is it. Like all of us, no matter how hard we try, mm. we are destined to one day be referred to in retrospect by yeah. our own offspring as complete madmen. I think if that happens, I think you've kind of done it right. I'm not sure. Um, r- r- you know, you want to be described as summing by your kids, don't you? Yeah, not not a cunt. Some yeah, people go, cunt. Oh, my dad was a cunt. Not even a gentle cunt. People well, say um, that. I, yeah, I'd say my dad, I'd just probably say, yeah, he's madman. I'd rather say that than a, than a bad thing. Yeah, he's a madman, defended himself in court, once hit a golfer on Chorleywood Common with a softball. That was good. <laughs> the what? A softball, which is like a baseball, but bigger, right? <laughs> Have you ever seen one? Yeah, yeah. So so we had a family barbecue in a place called Chorleywood, which is a sort of a semi-rural kind of... Uh, village town on the outskirts of London it's in Hertfordshire anyway it's where my grandparents lived and I also had my uncle who lived there and he lived opposite the common and he would throw a big barbecue for the extended family every year and it usually went off all right. but this year we decided to cross the road to the common and have a big game of uh, like softball right yeah and but there was a golf course that went across the common, but it was a public golf course. This may explain what my my really bad reaction to yeah, golf and yeah, golfers comes from. Be. Yeah, because we were all there, and these golfers wanted to play through us, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a fucking common. I don't know why. I don't know. Anyway, they wanted to play through us, and they were clearly shouting, and we didn't respond quick enough. So this trumped up Ooh. little golfer. Fucking yeah. whacked the ball through us. And there was about, I mean, you know, it's a massive family. It's about 30 of us, right? <laughs> Mums, dads, kids, the lot. I was about 10. And the golf ball whistled past the ear of one of my cousins, who was a toddler, right? She was about Ooh. three or something. Yeah. My cousin Sophie. And it went past the rear mm-hmm. so everyone was outraged it had come out of nowhere because actually it wasn't like there'd been a tit and tat argument I think they'd just shouted at us once we hadn't responded or heard properly so they thought fuck this I'm going through take oh. the fucking kiddies head off bang yeah. so my dad had um, picked up the golf ball where it had landed and lobbed it in a pond <laughs> <laughs> Which is I mean, great dad behaviour, isn't it? I enjoy a game of golf, but I'm completely on your dad's side in all of this. It's just so yeah. funny, though, looking back. It's like there was no... I don't know, I suppose there's a lot of different reactions you could have. You're going to be cross. 
but he just was like, that's, right, that's going in the pond, <laughs> right? The geezer, I remember the geezer because it was had a big impact. When you see your dad involved in physical combat as a child, it has a huge sort of quite traumatic effect on you, right? Yeah. And um, I'd seen a lot of fighting, but never fighting involving my dad when I was mm. that age. And uh, and this, this geezer ran over fucking vitriolic charging across the common at my old man mm. and I thought I wonder what my dad's gonna do and I didn't think for a moment because I didn't think of my dad back then as a man of violence at all I later discovered that he had been but it wasn't the impression I had of him he was quite a refined gentlemanly sort of bloke right a gentle cunt and, uh, a gentle cunt yeah <laughs> and he took this softball which he had in his hand yeah and as the bloke approached him, I heard him say, and I'd never heard my dad say anything like this before, the language of the street. Language oh, of the street I was more than familiar with from my weekday existence. Remember, <laughs> yeah. you know, I had, I had three quite rough brothers plus a milkman from Edinburgh called Archie, course, uh, who was yeah. an alcoholic at home. And, you know, blah, 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 one thing, another. I, I was familiar with the language of the street, but at weekends, you know, I was the language of my father, who's a well-spoken man, and I wouldn't say he was polite, but he's, you know, I just didn't think of him as a, as a man who would cause aggro. And I heard, I looked over and I thought, what's he going to do? And I heard him go to this bloke, yeah, come on then. <laughs> and I blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, fucking hell, I thought my dad was about to defuse this. But he actually said yeah. the words, yeah, come on then. Yeah, and the it. bloke got clear and my dad went whack and fucking bashed him around the side of the head with this softball. Wow. Right? And the bloke sort of went dizzy, staggered around, stayed on his feet. <laughs> <laughs> and by that start, by the time he composed himself, all of my uncles, like my dad's got four brothers, right? right? And up. they were all like tall, you know, they're all like six foot two. They're all tall. It's a tall family. Yeah. And they'd all gathered around and surround this guy as well. And then, you know, my brothers and various other bits and bobs, were, they were a big circle around this guy. Is the guy's mates, the, the golfer's mates, they were nowhere to be seen, mate. They were on their fucking toes, right? Mm. And... Um, but the bloke, I remember, he didn't back down. Ooh. He started going, he, he didn't, I, I couldn't see him in the ring of my uncles and my dad. But what I saw was we'd been using cricket stumps to, to mark the bases for the foot, for the baseball game, for the softball game. Right. And I suddenly saw, I heard the man who's like, you know, posh little, you know, home counties wanker mm. shouting, Go fuck him. all of you. And as he shouted it, I just saw this stump go, whew, out of the middle of the circle like he'd lobbed it like a bomb right <laughs> and I thought yeah I remember being quite impressed thinking this bloke's a bit of a cunt but he's not fucking backing down he's fighting his corner <laughs> he's, he's lobbed a anyway, anyway he pushed he pushed out of them all and he fucked off he started marching across the club he goes and you know what he shouted he shouted I'm going home to get my fucking shotgun Right, Whoa. so everyone started laughing at that, right? Cause it was such a mad threat. Of course, but yeah. I remember that my I'd, I've got some aunts who are a bit highly strung, right? Right, and they all started fucking crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit the whole incident, and oh. then my cousins, my girl cousins, started crying, and some of them had brought their mates, like, you know, like, oh, we're having a family party, you can bring your mate if you want. Yeah. So, like, they're about, a bit younger than me, about eight, and they brought a few of their mates from school. Right. And they had nothing to do with it, and they were all fucking oh, crying, crying as well. As well. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, Andy, 
I laughed and laughed and laughed. It was it was one of the best days of my year. I was having a fucking whale of a time, rolling about laughing, until we got back to the house how and my granddad. How, how old were was you? About roughly? ten. Well, I, I can t- I can place it by the next thing I'm going to tell you. I, my memory is I think I'm about ten, but the reason I can place it is because when we got back, my granddad was there. He hadn't been on the common. My Irish granddad, also called Sam. And he was like, they were all telling him what had happened. And he said, and what happened in the end? And they said, well, he said he'd gone, he was going home to get his shotgun. My granddad went fucking mad because it was just after Hungerford. And he's gone, you bloody idiots. This is how these things start. You're all fucking laughing. He's going to come down and wipe wipe all of us out. (laughs) Right. I think maybe because he's grown up. Hungerford. He'd grown up in, in, um, oh, that would have made me 12. Well, yeah. there you go. And he, he, uh, he, yeah, I mean, he'd grown up in Northern Ireland and seen some dicey stuff. It, it, so maybe yeah, he, he was, was more... kind of sensitive yeah, he, to those kind of issues. Even more than, so to us, we were all kind of privileged people who pampered people who'd grown up in like the modern era Brit- mainland Britain. Whereas he thought, drop of a hat, someone's fucking going to shoot your kneecaps off. <laughs> oh, it was fucking bedlam. But um, yeah, that was one of the maddest things I saw my dad do when I was when I was younger. So he's quite mad. Mm. Um, you know, dad's uh, that's what my my kids just re- like. My daughter, do you know what she refers to me as now? She just refers oh, to me as God. that man. Oh, she just goes. She goes to my daughter. She goes to my uh, wife. What's that man doing now? Oh, right. that's but then, you know, she's in the room next door. She might be listening to this now. She told Probably. me the other day she was doing her homework with her headphones on. Mm. And you and I were doing a podcast a couple of days of ago, we maybe at the beginning of the week. And uh, that's what we she took do her, all the time. She took it. She took her headphones off, <laughs> and she went. I took my headphones off for one minute, and the first thing I heard through the wall was you <laughs> saying to Andy, "Oh, have you ever thought about being a drug dealer? I have. I'll bury all the drugs and money in the garden, right?" <laughs> yeah. And I and? said, "What?" And she went, "And you said something about burying dead bodies." And I said, I did not say anything about burying dead bodies. That is bollocks, because I didn't, right? No, Anyone no, listen, who listened to the... Yeah, all right, I did speculate. And I said, yeah, of course I thought about being a drug dealer. I'm not going to be a drug dealer. <laughs> I said, but ultimately, you know, you know you're old enough and you've been around the houses enough now to know that there is a huge margin to be made as a drug dealer. <laughs> and if, if if you haven't thought about it yourself at your age, you're 12 yeah. years old, you're nearly 13, then you're mental. Did you not try to sell her the lifestyle of being the daughter of a major drug dealer? Yeah, I told her, look, you know, if I was a thought, drug surely. dealer, we'd be, we'd be a lot richer. Yeah. And she's, well, I mean, to be fair, in the end, she did concede that it wasn't mm. the maddest thing to speculate about. But she did maintain that it was not pleasant for her to hear through her bedroom wall while she was well, trying to do her homework. Well, I'm playing a very, very tiny violin here for her because I think she's uh, she's playing <laughs> yeah. up to that. Yeah, she's playing to the gallery very much. So have you have you the thought bit- any more about getting yourself a shed then to record these podcasts in? Because you'll get a bit thought more a lot safety about there. it. Well, I got a bounce back loan off off did of the you? government, and I was thinking it would be a good off of old uh, Rishi Sumac. And I, yeah, <laughs> what a guy. Thanks, mate. Gonna get shed. Cheers, dickhead. You're not seeing any of that again. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Uh, that's all going into a fucking shed. That is. (laughs) 
No, I am. I am thinking of spending some of it on a on my shed because it's an important part of my work. I mean, fuck I you know, there's few people yeah. who podcast as much as you and I. Oh, we are you know the, I mean? the Britain's um, hardest working cunts, aren't well, we? Or something my, like that. My my brother Theo, host of Life Goals, has he got um, a shed? He just does one a week. Nah, he's got a fucking big house though, hasn't he? But he doesn't need a shed. But he said to me the other day that he had the uh, well-known broadcaster mm. uh, Ian Dale on his podcast oh, yeah. to, on mm. Life Goals, right? And I went, oh, that's good. Has he got a shed? F- fucking probably. Uh, he's pr- Yeah, no, I mean, he's a... Yeah, he'll have a luxury shed. But he... Uh, you know what Theo said to me? You know, it's still we haven't talked about this for a while, but you know how it annoys me that Theo's, like, more impressed by all the other guests he has on his... Life yeah. Goals show, yeah. right? Yeah. Which, by the way, everyone, you should listen to it. It's a great show if you haven't listened to it already. And I went, he went, I mean, he's an incredible guy, you know. And I went, yeah, 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 he's really, you know, prolific, blah, blah. He goes, I mean, he does, do you know how many podcasts he does a week? Five. Five right. separate podcasts that are really right. popular as well. That's incredible, right. isn't it? And I went, mate, I do about fucking six. <laughs> At least. We're doing even more now because we're doing Humans of Honour. <laughs> Fuck Ian Dale. People really like the first one. Yeah, Stan A. You're very Stan A. Of course you haven't, because your head's too far up your own fucking ass. Either that or up Ian Dale's ass. <laughs> if you stopped and looked around for a minute, you'd be impressed by the fact that I didn't interview Stan A off of our Vida Same Pet. Ian Dale, Ian Dale, he'll just go on Sky News at the drop of a hat to talk about anything. We're more refined. <laughs> we do podcasts and put them out. <laughs> Rock Indian Dale. Jalapeño. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Jalapeño. Who was the guest in the very first ever recorded episode of Life Goals? Fucking Muggins here, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The guinea pig, you might it say. It didn't go out as the first one, but it he was held it back. second or third. Yeah. So, I mean, without me, I reckon there'd be no life goals at all. So you yeah, tell I think him that. the turbo boosted the franchise. Yeah. And then you came along with your two-part episode. Oh, And uh, give it another boost. I think Theo needs what, to fucking yeah, I mean, yeah, we made it. We made it, mate. I mean, they, he did have like he did have Lloyd Cole on recently again. Yeah, who set that, that was up? by your relationship with yeah. him, which I, you know, then inherited and then booked him for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has had some. He has had some good other people. Alan Johnson, former Home Secretary, oh, yeah. called him, and that like actually he's never had any contact. Alan Johnson's agent well, got in touch with Theo and said Alan would really like to appear Ooh. on Life Girls. That was good, wasn't it? Ooh. I mean, why even not, we haven't had that. Why has he not been in touch with us then, wanting to be on Humans of Honour? Alan Johnson. Blown it now. What, you mean Humans of Honour? No, but we shouldn't be too political on Humans of Honour, you know, because it might polarise well, our... Uh... Well, well, fuck that. We'll just talk about when he was a postman. 
they'll just get postman stories from postman him. stories are great well my brother was a postman my brother Dom and he was a yeah. postman for about I think he was only a postman for about maybe three years at the most between yeah. about 16 and 19 full time mm-hmm. at the uh, West Central sorting office big fucking sorting office in mm-hmm. uh, Charing Cross and uh, in those three years I reckon if uh, he's not really the broadcasting type he you know doesn't like stick his head above the. It doesn't doesn't have the same insecurities that I have, you know. That mm. I have to sort of service you, by by seeking attention, which is yeah, why I well, do what I do. I'm yeah. an attention. I'm, I, you know. Mm. Well, did you, you called me something once? An attention hungry baby man, or or whatever. But yeah. you know, he's not. He's obviously more relaxed, comfortable in his own skin than I am. So he wouldn't yeah. do it. But if he did, I could do the postman diaries with my brother Dom. And he would have enough anecdotes to fill probably 20 years of podcasts yeah. just from his three years on the beat. Yeah. I Postman mean, stories are brilliant, but yeah. postmen are fucking mad. Yeah. My mate Phil was one as well for about 10 years, and he's a taxi yeah. driver now. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But he's quite similar as well. He's, he's, very, uh, he's not very uh, forthcoming. So I don't think he'd be a great podcast yeah. guest, but he's got lots of stories. From what I gather, it's quite easy to get into alcoholism as well when you're a postman because you're finished by like 11 in the morning, straight yeah. to the pub, you pass out at about 6pm and then you're up again at 4 in the morning to do there's, more post- There's a lot stuff. of... Um, same with uh, DJs who do... Radio DJs who do early breakfast shows or overnights. <sighs> a lot of drinking <laughs> involved. Well, straight to yeah. the pub. Straight and, after. Uh, yeah. Naming and no names. Naming no names, but I could I could name four. public figures right but um and but yeah drinking's not the half of it but listen uh they have these pubs don't they um posties in london they probably have them in sunderland as well if you know a posty pub Mm. it means that for instance if you go into the football and you've got an early start meeting your mates because you might be getting a train from euston up north to an away game but you're getting like the real fucking early one Go to a posty pub, mate. Go to mm. a posty pub. They open specially for the posties, so you can have a pint at eight a.m. Maybe That's earlier. Right, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes you got to pretend to be a. Po- you, sometimes you got to masquerade as a postman to get <laughs> you, served. But I could do that because I would get the. Uh, I would. I would get my brother to tell me the little words and phrases that were commonly used <laughs> in the posty community. Posty parlance. No lie, right? When my brother went down, he had to do an exam to get his job as a postman. And, you know, I'm sure there'll be posties listening, so no offence, I'm not, for a moment. As, as I hope you can tell, we've got, um, a, a, you know, we feel an affiliation, a camaraderie with the postman community. Of course. But but I would say this. My brother, when he had to do his exam when he was 16 to get into the postman corpse, right, he reckons, he swears blind, that in the exam, one of the questions was, what is wrong with the with this picture of a bike and can you you know fill in what's missing and it was a bike bicycle with one fucking wheel <laughs> that's what he reckons i thought you were going to say what is wrong with this country <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking hell you wouldn't want to hear the answer to that from a lot that's, of the post that's not the posty exam that's the taxi driver exam yeah well where do i start how many pages <laughs> you got hell, two sides of a four fucking dream on don't be silly <laughs> so yeah i was um i was uh on a 
I went on a bit of a YouTube nostalgia wormhole yesterday, about early right. evening. I don't know, don't know what started it, but I was watching a few videos, and then um, I tell you a great video. Mm. The video, all of the videos that Pulp made for mm-hmm. all of the singles off of Different Class mm-hmm. were some of the best pop videos ever made. Mm-hmm. First of all, because there was one, I don't know the story behind them. I'm going to find out like if they had the same director, but it was like they were all connected. So the, the, the video for like Miss Shapes, the one for Disco 2001, Common People, they were all shot in the yeah. same way with the same aesthetic, right? Yeah. And they all seemed to be part of the same story because it was almost like a concept album. Yeah, yeah. But I started watching the video to Disco 2000. To be honest, Andy, I nearly cried because I. it's one of those songs that always triggers a sentimentality in me anyway because it's yeah. about love and nostalgia and all that sort of stuff mm. and old friendships. But the video is so beautiful. Then there's the one for Miss Shapes. Anyway, as a result of watching those, which I might do from time to time, I then you, you, it starts recommending videos. So there were all these Britpop... It was, there was a place called Britpop Bangers. So right. I watched two or three videos and my daughter, who is 12, looked at them over my shoulder ah. like for a little while, just, just glanced over. And do you know what she said? What'd I she said, say? what do you think of this sort of music? She went, why does everyone in all these bands look like Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, fucking hell, they do. That was the look. <laughs> the Harry Potter look. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> sort of dweeby. <laughs> Why is she not doing her own podcast, Sam? Oh, I don't know. She's too. She, she. If I said that, she'd roll her eyes because exactly. she just thinks of exactly. what a waste you can't of someone's it. life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of, uh, sorry, was there a bit more you wanted to add to that? No. Was that, don't, that know, was don't even know why I said it. It, it. it ended there. That's all right. Just another email about burying money. Can't go back. <laughs> your, your, your plans to be a yeah. drug dealer. This is from Cutting yeah. Mike. Uh, he says, uh, hi, Andy and Nifty. The drug money chat reminded me about 10 years ago, the owner of my old local chippy was caught selling smuggled cigarettes. Unlike <laughs> Sam, he'd not planned ahead very well, burying £700,000 in his back garden. <laughs> <laughs> to add insult to inj- injury, he'd wrapped the cash in bags with fag money written on them. <laughs> <laughs> Dodgy just fag money. Just so he didn't confuse it with other games. money that he buried there as well. Yeah. Fag, fag money. money. <laughs> Fucking hell. You know what? Those those stories, I, I was reminded of one the other day because it was sunny the other week and the ice cream van was around. I can't remember if I told you about my dealings with the ice cream van when it was around. But um, I got right in there with the ice cream man. I right, chased yeah. it. Yeah. I burst out of my house when I heard mm-hmm. it burst out and I was only wearing my slides right and I fucking chased it out of the street the neighbours the, the, there's some there's some uh, some rough teens in the house next door who hang around they loiter a lot but it's alright because I'm in with them right because yeah, I'm their neighbour they, they understand you and you understand them all that kind it, of exactly yeah, right yeah, but they were doing their little little bit of loitering fair enough lads having a little bit loiter, of a loiter 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 Suddenly they saw me burst out, more or less in slides and (laughs) pyjamas. An old fat man suddenly like waddling like a pig in in pursuit of a fucking ice cream bag. Credibility shot. Stop. 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 I need a fucking ice cream. Right. Chased it up the street. Chased it a block away. Chase, 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 chase. Caught up with him. And I was like, mate, listen, right. I'm going to need quite a few 99s. (laughs) Is it all right if you come back 
down. I said, I'm never going to be able to carry them on my own. Can you come back down to near the other end of the road? He went, yeah, sure, mate. He went, what road? Tell you what, what road are you in? And I went, I told him the name of road. And he went, he went what number? I told him the name of number. He goes, don't mind, mate. I'll finish up here and I'll be round. Fuck you now. I t- went back. I went to the kids. Do you want an ice cream? They went, yeah. I said, the ice cream man's up there. They said, you go. I went, don't worry. I fucking had an arrangement with him. I've ordered He's coming him. He's here. Coming fucking mountain came to Mohammed. I didn't quite believe it was going to happen. Five minutes later, bing, diddling, ding, 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 ding. He's pulled up outside my rig. Fucking right? hell. Personal fucking service. Right? Wow. Couldn't believe it. It was because I had a load of uh, uh, lad banter with him. Yeah. Livened up his day, and, see. And how impressed were the kids? Different levels of impressed, I reckon, from each of them. They were just like, yeah, normal. That's oh, how entitled oh, they are. God. They were impressed, but the, the key thing is they will not show it. They were yeah. going... Well, even Len. Obviously, they'd, they didn't believe... Well, Len, Len would have done, but his sister, if she starts doing the whole eye roll, ugh, uh, sort of thing, he yeah. likes to impress her, so he'll join he'll in. join in. If it's yeah. with me and Len together, it's all right. But anyway, um, what dynamic. they'd done is, I was going, I've got the ice cream van coming round. And they were just going, Dad, no, you haven't. I said, ah, I've gone up there, had a bit of banter with the ice cream van, man. I've got right in with him and he's coming over to us next. They went, oh, God. And it's all this sort of stuff like, oh, you live in a fantasy world. You know, I don't, you, you're just an idiot, but you think you're cool. You think you can get in with ice cream men. And I'm going, I fucking am cool. I fucking am in with a fucking ice cream van and you're going to fucking see in a minute. I was doing banter with him. We're on the same level. Just We're like the me and the level. lighter is from next door. Yeah, they all understand me round there more than you lot do. <laughs> <laughs> and um and uh the the uh anyway he came round and they were I could tell they were really impressed but a bit gutted that they'd yeah. been proved wrong. Yeah. And then they just hid it, but they didn't mind accepting ice cream. Anyway, I did, I, the reason I'm talking about that is it reminded me of one of my favourite ever dad stories that we were sent back when we were seeking dad stories was when some bloke said yes. that an ice cream van pulled up outside and his dad was watching the football so he just gave him a big bowl like a meat bowl went yeah. here's a, here's a fiver five tell five. the ice cream man to fill that bowl up right so the kid thought that must be a normal thing so he's gone out and he's gone oh my dad said, can you fill the bowl up? Here's five pounds. He went, fill the bowl up for five pounds. He goes, yeah. And he went, tell your daddy can fuck off. So he went back in and told his dad. The dad gets up off the sofa and runs out and goes, oi, fill that fucking bowl up, you can. <laughs> and they start having a fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. If I get any more in with, it's going to be hot again next week. If I get more in right. with the ice cream man, I'm going to work my way. Maybe not first visit, but by the end of the week, I'm going to work my way into a position where I'm going to try the five-pound bowl fill with him. Yeah. Hey, uh, let me ask you something. Do you do five-pound bowl fills? He'll go, what? What? Five-pound bowl yeah. fills, mate. Yeah, you never heard of a five-pound bowl fill? That's all the, all the ice cream vans around where I grew up used to do it. <laughs> oh, I haven't heard of that, mate. podcasts and everything. Yeah, it's standard, mate. Yeah, I, how it works is I bring out a bowl, <laughs> I give you a fiver, you fill the old fucking thing up with Mr Whippy. No, I've not heard of that, mate. Well, are you up for doing it? Are you up for doing it? Nah, you must be joking, mate. It don't make any sense. Well, 
I think you're a bit of a cunt, to be honest, mate, and I don't want to see you around these streets again, if that's your attitude. I think it, I think your attitude stinks, to be frank. Don't do that, though. Don't I do think that. you're a shit ice cream fan, man, and a shit human. Don't shoot yourself in the foot like that. You don't want to do it. What's his levels of sanitation like with, you know, the COVID and everything? Has he got gloves on? Face mask? Uh, to, What's going on? To be honest, to be honest he's... No. Nothing. Well, gloves. Yeah, he's got gloves. They yeah. all wear gloves, don't they? Even non-COVIDs. Um, yeah. And then what he does is he makes the ice creams up and then he puts them on the little rack. You know, the yeah, holding the rack. holder, yeah. Yeah, and then he stands back right. and then you well, approach. You yeah. And then I leave the cash on the counter and I take them from the rack. Okay. That's the system. Not happy with the cash element of that, but otherwise it sounds no, all right. Well, I'll be honest, there's go. a lot of slackness going on just generally now. I don't mm. know if you've seen it around your way. Oh, well, I saw well, a news report. I, I someone, tweeted us, someone tweeted us a, a news report from Sunderland City Centre. Are you fiddling um, with something there? Are you fiddling with yeah. something? Yeah, uh, from, from Sunderland City Centre, a news report from the week. Um, people that? were fucking queuing up down the road in the pedestrianised area, right, you yeah. know, near the M&S. What for? I don't know. They're all interviewing them and going, you know, you, northern person, yeah. are you happy that the shops are open again? Well, man, it gives us something to do, doesn't it? It's better than sat home watching the telly, like. <laughs> fucking no desire to go to any shop other than a supermarket just before it closes. Yeah. But there's no I don't have that much desire to go shops anyway. Fuck that. Um, can I go quick game of good or bad before we go? Yeah. Here's a headline. Tell me if you think this is good or bad. Alcoholic killer monkey leaves one man dead and 250 injured after going on rampage when his booze supply dried up. Well... Good or bad? I've got to say bad because there was a human death, but <laughs> secretly I'm thinking, yeah, good. I'll give you a little <laughs> bit more information on it. The monkey was formerly the pet of an occultist who fed him hard oh, liquor in man. India. But when his owner died, the booze-dependent imp went on the rampage. Named Kalua, he targeted women and girls in particular with his vicious fangs. He's now been captured and will spend the rest of his days in a cage at the zoo. There's no winners there, is there? There's no winners really, there at all. No. 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 But uh, the zoos are open again. That's, that's it's, something. What I would say is it's, it's a great headline, but it's an awful it's event. tinged with tragedy. Yeah. yeah. So sorry to go out on a bit of a downer there, but that's the end of this episode. Sorry uh, if it, that ruins your weekend, but don't worry, the football's on. Yeah, Tomorrow, fo- I've got it all lined up. In the morning, it's the West London El Clasico, 12.30, <laughs> Fulham versus Brentford. Yes. Massive game in these parts. Yeah. I'm right behind the bees, right? Um, but what makes it extra spicy is that Fulham are currently third in the championship and Brentford are just a couple of points behind them in fourth, mm-hmm. right? Amazing. Should be good. Uh, 2.30, you got Dortmund versus R- RB Leipzig. Right. Leipzig, which is a decent Bundesliga game. Mm-hmm. And at 5.30, it's West Ham versus Wolves. Well, what, what more could a you day. ask for? What more could you ask for? Will there be and a I've just found chips? out during this podcast, uh, during breaking, that, that Mark, Mark, our friend producer Mark, yep. has announced, yep. and I don't know why, that he is dropping at my house... Ooh. Um, in the morning, just before El Clasico, some lentils, a comic book, and possibly, possibly, he's written some samosas. Oh, <laughs> I possibly. don't know why. I don't know why this is happening, but a brilliant day, a, a nine out of ten day, yeah. now is looking like a possible ten, 10 out, out of 10. ten. And it gives us something to talk about on Monday. 
the aftermath of all of comic that, books, it? emotions and hey, hey. What a weekend. Enjoy your weekend, everyone. Take the FN dickheads. God bless. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.